Hello and welcome to the Courtside Culture Podcast. Today we'll be talking about bully coaches and what they can do to the psyche of a high school player, no matter how talented that player is. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Courtside Culture. Be sure to check out these other coaching-focused podcasts on the Hoopheads Pod Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Also, be sure to check out our team-focused NBA podcasts, Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, Knuck If You Buck, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hello and welcome to the Courtside Culture Podcast. I'm Dave Grinjinski and today we have a very special edition of the podcast that I hope will help student athletes across the country who may be struggling psychologically. With us today is Colin Bolden. He has a very disconcerting story that has a very happy ending. Colin is a senior in high school who succumbed to the mental hardships playing sports can bring. He is also my nephew. He is a football, basketball, and baseball player, and hopes that sharing his story can help countless of other athletes who may be where he was. Colin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Well, I'm excited too, Colin. I'm so glad that you approached me about coming on to share your story. So let's start at the beginning because you're a very good athlete who landed the starting quarterback position as a freshman, but then things didn't go quite as planned. Kind of walk us through it. Yeah, so, you know, I think as this this can go back as, as far as starting sports. You know, I think a lot of kids growing up, you know, they struggle with mental health and, and the problems with it, such as, you know, the anxiety, the depression, even the OCD, but they didn't understand what that feeling was, Right. They didn't know what that feeling was. They didn't really, they couldn't put their head on it, right? So, you know, growing up, I, I, I had those feelings and I didn't really know what they were, right? But freshman year comes around and, uh, you know, football starts and, and uh, people who play sports from middle school to high school, they know the difference in the dedication that it takes. And, you know, that hit me, you know, freshman year of football, those two days, that's what really started to put those the, that that anxiety and that depression in my mind in, in those long days. You know, going from from eighth grade when you're only practicing three to six Monday through Friday, from going from eight a.m. to three p.m. every single day when your only off day is Sunday. That really has to change your mindset, and it really changes the way you approach things. So that's when I started struggling with 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 the anxiety, with the depression, with the long days, you know, the hard nights, you know, not, not feeling like I have anyone to talk to. And so that's when it really started. Right. And like you said, you know, uh, I was able to, to, you know, I backed up our senior quarterback, uh, Will Butler, who, uh, I was a freshman at the time. He was our senior quarterback, you know, started his junior year as well. 
And, uh, you know, I, I was able to, you know, I was fighting through the season, stuff like that. And never in my mind did I think that I would, I would come in as, as a freshman, you know. So I remember he went down. I remember it was a home game against Springfield. You know, it was a beautiful Friday night. And uh, he went down with a high ankle sprain. And I remember just our offensive coordinator coming up to me saying that, you know, get some snaps and you're about to go in. And so at that moment, I didn't really know, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a 14 year old kid that, that has never played, you know, a varsity sport before. Um, and so it, it was crazy. You know, I, was, I went in, you know, the lights were on me. It was, it was, it was, it was the third quarter. The game was close. And you no, know, that's, that's the first moment where I felt, you know, pressure. And, you know, luckily we won that game. You know, it was, it was probably the most exciting football game of my career just because of the, of the circumstances and, and what happened with the game with, you know, throwing my first career touchdown to, uh, to Jared Perdue, who I still talk to you know, every day just because of the fact that his brother Donnie uh, is in my grade, you know, I, I Donnie's my best friend as well. So it, it's it's really cool to, to look back at that. But that's what really started the pressure, you know, that really started, you know, the anxiety to perform well, you know, and although as I was a freshman, you know, I hold myself to high standards. And as an athlete, you know, there's a lot of kids that hold themselves to high standards, right? So, you know, those next couple of weeks were tough, you know, the pressure of, of having to be the varsity quarterback of having to go out to perform and hold yourself to a standard that really started to put a toll on my mental health and that's really that's really when I started to figure out what was going on you know I didn't really talk to anybody about it the only person I talked to was my mom um you know she's my best friend that's the only person that I really opened up to and I was just hoping once I got through football season that 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 you know that it would it would somehow disappear so those next couple weeks were tough you know I was able to fight through it there were moments where where I couldn't fall asleep there was moments where I woke up in the morning and and was scared to go to school just because of the fact that I would have to get to school at 7.15 and I wouldn't get home till 6.30. I would have homework and I'd be, you know, mentally and physically exhausted and then I would have to go to sleep. Um, it was it, it was crazy to say the least. You know, Will came back our, our I think our, our second or third to last game and he finished out the season. I, uh, I, I broke my hand towards the end of the season. I, I even had to come in a, a game with my broken hand. You know, I, I broke my hand in practice one day. Had to come in with a broken hand, a broken left hand. I remember I fractured my fifth metacarpal in my left hand. So of course I'm right-handed, so I was able to to, to somehow take snaps and throw. But you know, finishing out that season, that that kind of is really what what started you know me figuring out what was wrong with the mental health. So you know, you go to freshman year basketball. You know, I'm not. You know, it's nice because I'm playing freshman basketball. I'm not on. I'm not on JV. I'm not on varsity. So that was more fun than what it was pressure. And then my, my, my freshman year, the spring of my freshman year would be in baseball. I started varsity shortstop. And what's different for me is, is I don't know why, but my mind just doesn't see baseball as a sport, you know, that, that, um, that the anxiety comes to and that I'm pressured in, you know, for, for baseball, that's the sport that I'm playing the longest. That's the sport I love the most. I was able to kind of just find a role and have fun, but going into that sophomore summer with the expectations of being the starting varsity quarterback as a sophomore with being the guy. You know, that's what really brought the anxiety. That's what really brought the depression and holding myself to a standard that that I couldn't hold. So I started the season, you know, I, I was starting the first couple games and, and the mental health was really, really bad. I remember, you know, I remember just crying. I remember going home just after a long day, you know, letting some tears out, kind of trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And, and of course, I didn't really know what to do at the time. You know, I, I still didn't really talk to anybody. You know, I, opened, I started talking to my coaches a little bit, but not too much. And, and the only person I really talked to was my mom. You know, and there was a point. Uh, there was a point in the season. Excuse me. Uh, you know, week three. I, I remember it clearly. We beat Chagrin Falls. I didn't play. I didn't play well at all. I, I, I probably played my worst game in my high school career at quarterback. And I just remember, you know, that Monday of next week of week four. I just remember waking up and I was like, I was like, man, like this isn't fun to me. And you know, I'm waking up with the anxiety, with with panic attacks throughout the night. I'm waking up depressed. I'm waking up with all these things that that football just wasn't. I wasn't enjoying it, and it was more of a uh, a toll on my mental health than than uh, than enjoying it. So I remember I talked to Coach Thompson, who was our, our our head coach at the time. I was like, Coach, like I need to I I need a break. You know, I like I need whether that's leaving completely, whether that's me needing a little bit of a break. You know, that's I, I need something away from this because it's not working right now. And so I remember I took a couple days and. Uh, I remember it was more than a couple of days. I took about a week or so and I hung around the team a little bit, kind of just, I went through a couple practices, kind of just kind of trying to stay a part of the team, but still wanting to focus on me. And, you know, I told myself that I was going to 
fight through the season, get through whatever I could because of the fact that, you know, I'm in the middle of it and I'm not going to stop now. I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit on my guys. I'm not going to quit on my team. And that's one of the things that got me through football was the fact that I'm not going to let my guys down. I'm not going to do that to them. And the fact that, you know, this feeling isn't going to last forever. So I was able to get through the season. I came back and Mason Climac, who is now our starting quarterback, uh, love you, Mason. Uh, he took over as a freshman too. So I was able to help him out a little bit just because we were in the same circumstances. And so I came back, it was homecoming night. He went down with a hamstring injury and then I was able to come in and, and we beat Coventry, uh, pretty well. I think we won like 48, nothing, 40, nothing. I played well. And that was the first time that I, that I really had fun playing football again. And I really enjoyed it. So I was able to finish out the season. I, uh, I got hurt at the end of the season. I, I had a lumbar contusion on my spine. I, uh, I got hit pretty hard in the JV game, so I, I had the last couple weeks off. And so, you know, I thought that I, I got through football again and it was going to be easy. Well, well, I was wrong. You know, football was more of the anxiety part, but but sophomore year of basketball was probably the worst depression I, I, I ever went through. Um, a lot of people know, you know, seasonal depression is a real thing. You know, seasonal depression, whether you have seasonal depression in spring, whether you have it in winter, it's it's something that can take a toll on you. You know, uh, what's outside, how cold it is outside, is the sun outside, um, you know, kind of just just what's what's going on in the world at that time. And I just remember the dark days, it being cold, the sun going down extremely early, me, you know, diving on the floor every single day at practice, Um just, just those days is what really, really made it. It was awful. You know, I love basketball. I love the sport, but high school is, is a completely different breed than it is middle school. And I learned that the hard way. So I went through a really, really bad seasonal depression, um, um, my winter year. And what's funny is before any of this going into my sophomore year, I talked to my mom and I was like, Hey, I was like, I want to get a psychologist. Like I want somebody to talk to. I think it'd be a good idea to kind of just have somebody. So even before football season started, um, my mom and I went, uh, I remember we went downtown Cuyahoga Falls. Um, we went to, we saw a psychologist, we saw a psychiatrist as well. And that's when I got diagnosed with, I got diagnosed with severe anxiety, severe depression and uncontrollable OCD. And that's when I started to realize like, this is something that I'm going to have to, to fight, to have to battle. And it was right in the middle, right when football was starting, and then it it's, it, it was rough. You know, I, I got put on put on some medication. I got put on Zoloft, which a lot of people know is a, is an anti anxiety med. You know, I took that every morning. I took ten milliliters every morning. Sorry, excuse me, ten milligrams every morning. Um, you know, I was bouncing around trying to find the right medication. I would talk to Rachel, who was my psychologist at the time. Uh, you know, I would talk to her once a week, and although that was extremely helpful you know the pressure from football and then going into basketball was was rough you know those you know that span from from the august of my sophomore year to about i would say late january of my sophomore year those were probably the hardest times sports wise that i've went through um what's what's crazy though is is you know the coaches have been extremely extremely helpful from coach thompson and coach smith from football and and coach marcini coach starks coach rocky you know coaches have been helpful but you know being being a freshman you know you don't have that relationship with them yet and it's kind of tough to build that relationship and just you know tell them right away that that you struggle with mental health and that's something that needs to change you know so after my sophomore year of basketball kind of got better towards the end of january we 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 started playing well i started playing well and of course you know winning games and playing well kind of kind of covers a lot of things up and just a bunch of my teammates, a bunch of people helped me out of it. You know, I, I, I talked to a lot of people that were going through some stuff. I kindly finally opened up about my mental health issues. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were supportive. A lot of people were like, you know, like, hey, like I'm kind of going through the same thing. You know, a lot of people were there for me. So going into my sophomore year, spring of baseball, um, again, baseball didn't really bother me. You know, baseball wasn't really something that I didn't see as pressure. I didn't see as, as the anxiety perform well. And, and I, I couldn't tell you why, but I, it's just how the high school mind works, I guess. So baseball is uh, sophomore year spring, you know, we play, we're okay, not very good. Um, you know, I didn't play particularly well, but it was still fun to me. And so I remember I, I'm, I'm still seeing Rachel once a week, um, I was I was on medication, and what's funny is I, I bounced around from medication to medication. But I, I I remember it was it was May of my sophomore year that I finally settled on Lexapro, which is an antidepressant. And ever since I've been taking it, and of course you know uh, you know antidepressants and all that kind of stuff isn't going to fully fix it. 
but I can definitely say from my perspective and my point that it's definitely helped. So going into my junior year summer, I was, I was doing, I was doing football, basketball, and baseball every single day. I was, you know, a a regular day for me, um, consisted of football from eight to 10, you know, basketball from about nine to 12. I would go home, take a quick nap. And I've had, I would have baseball from about four 30 to about eight 39 ish. And those days caught up quick, you know, and, and of course, high school coaches say, you know, don't, you know, this is optional, you know, this is an optional shoot around, this is an optional workout, all that kind of stuff. But every, every athlete knows that, that it's not optional and you kind of got to be there. So I just remember Mason and I were kind of fighting for that starting job, um, my junior year and his sophomore year. And I just remember I, I kind of fell back into that anxiety and depression of, of not enjoying the football, not enjoying throwing the football, not enjoying playing football just not enjoying it. And I remember, you know, it was August 15th. I walked into coach Thompson's office, like coaches, like I'm done. Like, I'm just not enjoying it anymore. And I, I remember I, I, I thought I had, I thought I made the right decision. You know, I was, I sat down, you know, I made pros and cons list. I did all these types of things that I thought that, that, you know, would help. And at, at the end, you know, I told myself, I was like, Hey, like, this is definitely the right decision for me. Like, this is the right thing to do. This is the right um, decision. And this is all, this is what I need. I'll still be playing two sports. I'll still be involved with school stuff. And so I remember I quit, you know, I told coach Thompson, I'm like, Hey coach, like, like I'm done. Like, I'm just, I'm not enjoying it anymore. I'm not, you know, I'm just not enjoying it. And, and, and this mental health, it's not worth it. So I remember I walked out of his office that afternoon, not really knowing how to feel. And I remember that night I knew I made a mistake. I knew that, you know, I, 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 I made a mistake and, and I shouldn't have quit and all this kind of stuff. And, and I was going through that regret process. And so I remember I texted coach Thompson, like coach, like, yo, can I, can I, can I come back and, and kind of just be a part of the team, you know, whatever my role is. And so I came back and so Mason won the starting job and I just backed him up the whole year. And, you know, although it didn't seem fun at the time when I came back, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, a lot of people, you know, I was playing JV as a junior for football, but I enjoyed it a lot. You know, I, I, I kind of cherished it, you know, coaching the young guys, kind of, you know, get, telling them what it's like, helping them through their hardships. Because I knew a lot of a lot of new freshmen coming up were going to go through the same thing that I went through my freshman year. And, you know, I enjoyed football, you know, junior year, kind of, you know, how it was the end of my sophomore year, you know, talking to people, starting to, you know, raise awareness of, of the mental health issues. And so although I didn't play much varsity my junior year, I still found a way to enjoy it. And I think that's the most important thing is when it comes to sports, no matter what, you know, what position what level you're playing, I think the most important thing to, to us athletes is finding a way to enjoy the game. Of course, you want to play varsity, but at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying it, then there's no point in you playing. So I get through my junior year of football and, you know, I'm still going to Rachel every day. I'm still on the medication. It kind of seems like everything's starting to get better, but I was preparing myself for, for the winter. Um, you know, I kind of got blindsided my sophomore year with everything that was going on and, and not really knowing what, what was to come, but, you know, I, I, I kind of I kind of expected what was going to happen my junior year. And, and honestly, it, it was, it was a lot better my junior year. We were, you know, really good at basketball, uh, you know, my junior year and even this year. But, you know, our junior year, you know, we won the PTC, our, our conference. We won a sectional championship and then we made it to the district semifinal against Rivera, in which we lost. But that season was just a lot of fun. You know, the coaches knew, uh, you know, about my mental health struggles. A lot of the, uh, pretty much, I think every single kid on the team did, you know, from Chris, Donnie, Tyler Hall, um, all, all my teammates, Bryce, Dev, everyone knew kind of knew that I struggled with mental health and they were all awesome about it. You know, they were helpful. All the coaches were helpful and it, it was a really enjoyable season. And of course there's moments where, you know, it, it was going to be hard. You know, there's, there's times where, you know, you lose a tough game and you don't think you played well on, on the bus ride home, you're struggling or, or, you know, there's a Sunday night, you know, it's snowing, it's dark outside and you got to get ready for a long week ahead. You're playing three games and, and, and you're practicing a lot. You've got a couple tests coming up. And of course, you know, there's times where, where it was tough, but, but nowhere near as tough as my sophomore year. And I thought I made a huge stride. You know, I was like, okay, like this is awesome, you know? And, and, uh, it was, it was, it was awesome just because of the fact that I, I felt accomplished and, and making strides and, and doing stuff that helped. And so of course, everyone knows what happened last spring with COVID. And so our basketball team made it to about early March and, uh, I remember 
you know, that's when COVID kind of, you know, was starting to come into the United States, kind of starting to get into the States and, and us trying to figure out what was going on. And I remember we played Revere at Stowe for the district semifinal. And, and I didn't realize that that was going to be the last time there was going to be a full crowd in, in our stands. Uh, I didn't, of course, I, I had no idea that a pandemic, yeah, pandemic was going to hit. But I remember I went, I went to baseball for one day. I took a couple of days off. Um, to let my body heal. I had a couple bumps and bruises that I was going to let heal for a couple of days and then go to baseball. And I remember my first day of baseball, um, you know, we went down to the field uh, and then DeWine announced a three-week, you know, kind of vacation for, for K through 12. And, and then from there, you know, everything just got pushed back and it got canceled. And I know a lot of kids, not only high school athletes, but a lot of high school kids and a lot of people in general that that staying home in that quarantine was, was rough. And But for me, it was... It was kind of nice because that was the first time that I had multiple multiple days off in a row, and and I, I couldn't tell you like I I don't remember the last time I had two days off. So those first couple weeks were nice just because of the fact that I was able to relax. It was the workout on my own time, but of course you know the depression started kicking in. You know you're you're sitting in your room for for however many weeks and you're there's not much open all the restaurants are closed there's nothing to do no one to see and it was just tough you know it was it was i know a lot of people kind of feel what i'm what i'm talking about with the fact that you know you're you're sitting at home not doing a thing and, and you start you start feeling some some type of way and you start feeling those 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 negative feelings that start creeping up in your mind and I was just itching to get back out and do something. You know, I remember I would go up to the field with some of our teammates and, and just try to hit the ball and, and, and play, you know, play, you know, pitch and kind of do some stuff. I'd go up and play basketball with some kids. I would, I'd go up and throw the football around for a little bit. I would, I would, I would run through the neighborhood, try to just do stuff to occupy your mind so that, that you wouldn't get caught in that feeling, you know, even, even stuff like video games and all that kind of stuff just to find distractions. And so once we were able to, you know, play summer baseball, um, you know, it was really nice being able to get back out and practice and, 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 you know, get back out and finally start playing games again. And, and, you know, June kind of felt, I I wouldn't say normal just because of the circumstances, but it, it felt, it felt somewhat, it was a little bit of a, a relieved feeling that we were able to do something, you know, we didn't know what was going to go, what was going to happen, whether everything was going to be shut down the whole summer, what was kind of going on, you know, varying state to state, you know, I knew a lot of Pennsylvania teams, had to come over to play in Ohio because they weren't allowed to play in Pennsylvania. So we played throughout, you know, we played tournaments every single weekend throughout June and July. And uh, we were in Indianapolis one weekend, um, the last weekend, it was the second to last weekend or, or one of the last weekends in July. And we got back and we found out that one of our teammates tested positive for COVID. So we had a quarantine and quarantining while your friends are out, while your friends are doing stuff is, is awful. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. And so I keep bringing up the fact that, you know, that depression starts to kick in when you're sitting in your room for the third day with you're being bored out of your mind with nothing to do. And so I remember, you know, getting the word with our coach, sent out the text saying, hey, I need your parents to call me. And I just remember, you know, uh, my dad telling me that we had to quarantine. And it was that first time that I really had to quarantine after me being exposed. I had to get tested for the first time. Luckily, they came back negative, but still having a quarantine. And it was it was awful, you know, seeing my friends go out. And of course, you know, I want to go out with them and go hang out with people, go hang out with, with all my friends and do stuff. And I couldn't cause I'm stuck at home, you know, and that, 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 and little did I know that was the only, that was the beginning. That was only the beginning for, for the quarantines that I've had to do, but that kind of really started opening up my eyes, um, into what, what could have happened and actually, and, and ended up what happening. So I wasn't going to play football my senior year. Um, that was the plan. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to, I was going to just do focus on basketball and baseball. I wanted to play college baseball. And I thought that, you know, those, those fall months would have been a perfect time for me to get stronger, for me to, to, to focus on baseball, just because with being a three sport athlete, it's kind of tough finding an off season because you don't really have an off season. So I wasn't planning on playing football. And then something happened, you know, personally in my life that kind of switched my mind, you know, um, I won't get into it, but there was, there was something that kind of clicked in my mind. I was like, Hey, like it's senior year and, uh, you know, I'm never going to get these moments back. I'm never gonna, you know, I'm never going to be able to experience this again. And a lot of people wanted me to play. So I, I came out and played and, and I enjoyed it the most, you know, this my senior year of football. I enjoyed that season more than my junior, sophomore and freshman year combined. 
I didn't even play quarterback. Mason was still our quarterback. I played defense. I played corner. I came in for a little bit uh, at quarterback at times, but I, I was able to enjoy just knowing that, you know, with COVID and everything, one day maybe we would have to quarantine. One, one day maybe I would test positive and I don't know how I feel. And, and you know, who knows? You know, that that's kind of been the, the slogan for the, this my senior year is like, you know, kind of practice and play like it's your last day because you really don't know if it's your last day or not, you know, just because of the fact that you could get quarantined and, and your season could be pushed back or games can get canceled and all that kind of stuff. So I really enjoyed my senior year of football. Um, you know, I, I, I really – kind of switch the mindset. And I think that's something that takes time. I think changing your mindset and, and, and kind of changing the way you think, you know, rewiring your brain is something that takes time. It takes perseverance. It takes patience. It takes practice. And it's something that, that a lot of people don't realize that they can do, but they have the power to do it. Um, a lot of things that I had to change, I changed. And so senior year of basketball, uh, I remember we had to quarantine four times throughout the season. Games getting canceled, practices getting canceled, all this kind of stuff. Um, and it was tough, you know, like I just want to play basketball senior year. Of course, crowds weren't weren't filled up and all that kind of stuff. And so it was tough. You know, I had a, a, other things going on in my life, you know, that 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 took me down as well. Um, but with having a quarantine and not being able to go and, and play basketball and all that kind of stuff, it was it was it was it was devastating. It was kind of heartbreaking. But luckily for us, we kind of got through the rough patch. You know, I remember I had a quarantine on New Year's Eve and all of these people going to do stuff and all these people hanging out and all that kind of stuff while I'm stuck at home on my couch, not doing anything just because of the fact that, that I had to quarantine. But, you know, we, we got through the couple quarantines. We got through, you know, our, our coach Marcini, our head coach tested positive at one point. You know, we had an assistant coach test positive. We had a, a couple players had to, had to quarantine on their own because of family members or, or, or classmates and stuff like that. Well, we got through in about mid-January. We started coming back and playing, and uh, we had a quarantine one last time. I don't remember who tested positive or, or something like that. We had a quarantine one one last time. We came back. Remember, it was the day after Super Bowl Sunday. We played eight games in 12 days to finish out the league, which was so much fun. You know, we didn't practice. We just we were playing, 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 and, and that was really enjoyable. You know, that was it was crazy, but, you know, crazy circumstances kind of, kind of, you know, that's what took over. Uh, you could say for 2020 and 20 and early 2021 and even to this point. So we finished out the season, you know, we went on a, we went on a, you know, a seven game winning streak. I think we lost the last one and, uh, and it was just a lot of fun, you know, ch- having to change your mindset, you know, going from junior year with, with crowds being packed and everything seeming perfect in your life to senior year to where a lot of things change. Um, a lot of negatives can happen and, and a lot of people can switch sides. A lot of people can go their own ways. A lot of people, a lot of people, you know, can 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 leave. Essentially, a lot of people can can you know do a lot of different things. And and at the end of the day, you know, you have to fight through it. You have to be able to change your mindset and adapt to the circumstances that come to you. And that's what I was able to do. And I was able to enjoy it. You know, it's awesome. We had about eight seniors on the basketball team, and all of us found a way to enjoy it. You know, they would always come over before games. We'd always go out to eat after. You know, I was. Hanging out with a bunch of people, you know, trying to just find that social aspect again. And it was a lot of fun. And so now, you know, with basketball being over, you know, I took a couple of days off. And now senior year of baseball, I'm really excited. You know, I committed to Capital University for baseball, you know, Capital down in Columbus. So I'm really excited about that. But I'm just really excited to finally be able to play baseball again. With, you know, not having a junior season, um, not being able to play baseball for Streetsboro in about two years. I'm really excited to kind of get going again and, and really kind of just – just figure out what we have, you know, and, and adapt. Cause at the end of the day, you know, with these, with these times, with COVID, with a lot of different things going on, you, your mind has to adapt and overcome. So that's kind of the gist of, of the story up to this point. There's a lot of, a lot of, of different things that, that played a role to, to who I am today, but you know, I wouldn't change anything for it. Um, and, and, you know, it's kind of, kind of crazy to say that I'm glad that everything happened, but in a way that I am, because, you know, if, if none of those things happen, if certain things didn't happen, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. So, well, well, I'm so glad that you were able to, you know, to share your story with us. And now I let's, let's learn from it. Let's, let's go back. Was it, was it the, the pressure you were putting on yourself? Was it pressure that you were maybe getting from coaches. What do you think it was that really started 
the the whole thing? So I think it was a mixture of of a lot of things. I think it was a mixture of pressure on myself. I think it was me thinking that I had pressure from coaches. I think it was me having pressure from from friends, from classmates, and just the pressure from from even even I would say media. You know, there's a lot of a lot of high school reporters out there that that do a lot of great reporting, and I think that you know some of that you know has to play. You know, you're you're going on social media, you're seeing these you know these high school teams play really well, and you want to live up to that standard. So I think I put a significant amount a significant amount of pressure on myself, but I also think that you know you want to perform well for your for your for your coaches, and you want to perform well for your 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 teammates because of the fact that you don't want them to look you in a light of of being you know how you failed and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, I think was a mixture of everything a mixture of pressure from coaches a mixture of pressure from from myself and and teammates to perform because you know you you didn't want to fail yourself but you also didn't want to fail them so what kind of things were happening to you physically because of your mental status um one of the main things was was it was it was loss of appetite you know with the anxiety with the depression you know i didn't i didn't wake up you know i i remember I, i didn't wake up hungry I woke up every morning not wanting to eat. I wasn't really hungry. I barely ate a lunch. And so, you know, those two days, you know, my freshman year, I was, I was already skinny, you know, practicing eight to three, not really eating a lunch because I'm nervous for the second two a day and then going home, eating a dinner, maybe having a snack and then going to bed and waking up, not eating breakfast. You know, I had significant weight loss, um, a lot of weight loss that was going on. Um, you know, I was, I was really tired. You know, I couldn't focus on anything. I, I felt like, I felt like a zombie waking up, you know, on, you know, after the first couple of two days and realizing we still had a couple, you know, another week and a half of them. Um, so I was extremely tired, you know, loss of appetite. And it was just felt like a zombie. And then of course that then transfers over to the playing field because you, you're not, you're not playing at optimum level here when, when you're in that situation, what was going on on the field and then even on the court with basketball that, uh, you know, came, came out of this. Yeah. So the main thing was, was that I was frustrated with myself because I knew what I was capable of, but for some reason I couldn't live up to that standard, putting the pressure on myself, you know, with me, you know, with football, you know, going out on the field, like knowing you can make that throw, knowing you can make, you know, read that and then not making that throw, it frustrates yourself, you know, maybe because the fact that you were tired and your arm didn't have it that day or, or you're running on no energy and you can't get the ball out of your hand that quick or you can't run up the court that quick because of the fact that, you know, you didn't eat lunch or or you didn't have a big lunch. You know, you're playing in a game and, and you know, you're you're making these dumb mistakes because you're you're really tired from the day or you're you're fatigued already because of the fact that you know you played the night before and uh and, and it's tough to find the silver lining and the positive outcome of all of it and you're tired and 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 you're getting frustrated with yourself and it's just a mixture of all these different things of of, of pressure and failure and, and then you being tired and you not eating and 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 the pressure from everybody and it's just it's a whole bunch of different things that translated to where you know, it, you were just getting frustrated with yourself and stru- frustrated with myself. But l- let me ask you this, looking back on it, was it as bad as it felt? No, absolutely not. If I, if I, looking back at it right now, and I, I, I've done this a lot recently just because of the fact it's my senior year, looking back at it, I wish I knew what I know now. I know so much more. And I wish, you know, I, of course, kids are going to hold themselves up to a standard that they want to live up to. But at the end of the day, it's sports, you know, and there's only a significant amount of us that are going to that that are going to play college. And there's only, you know, there's there's barely, if any, that are going to make it to, to, the, to the league, NFL, MLB, NBA, whatever you want, whatever league, you know. And so at the end of the day, it's about having fun. And I think that I put too much pressure on myself and I didn't have fun. And one of the most important things is sports, you know, sports is an outlet and it's not supposed to cause all this anxiety and depression. And at times, of course, you know, before a big game, you're going to get a little anxiety. If you play bad after a game, you're going to get down on yourself. But nothing what I was experiencing, I wish I could just go back and tell myself to just have fun and enjoy it because you're never going to get these moments back. Yeah, I mean, you know, there there is that rush because, you know, you're 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 asked to perform. I mean, even I mean. You know, even doing a podcast or, or, or whatever it is, you know, because, you know, people are going to hear this and you want to put your best foot forward. You know, you feel a little, you know, you, you feel that pressure. The juices get flowing. That's what it's all about. But this this is just something completely different. And I and I and and from the sounds of it, it was just uncontrollable. 
yes, it was uncontrollable. It was very, it was, you know, one day maybe it was a little bit better. And then one day it was completely awful. You know, it was, it was kind of, it was, it was, it was, it was awful. It wasn't fun. It wasn't enjoyable. It was something that I don't wish upon anybody. Even, you know, I don't wish it upon any person in this world to have to go through what I, what I went through my throughout my freshman sophomore and even a little bit my junior year well and i could even imagine too like maybe not on such a grand scale of what you were dealing with but you know even some of the day-to-day things that that happened to players that that you know whether it's from a coach or something you know something that that happens at a practice that shakes their confidence Absolutely, and, and and then to have to deal with that. I mean, can can you talk a little bit about that and like maybe you know how how a player could could maybe overcome that? Yeah. So confidence is a big thing in sports. You know, confidence when you're you're out. You know, you're shooting the basketball. You gotta have confidence shooting the basketball, making throws. You know, tackling kids, running the football. It's all about confidence. And when you get yelled at, when you you know, of course, coaches yelling as a part is a part of the game. You know, coaches yelling at you is is a part of a part of uh, every single sport. I mean, Colin, I will say there's there's coaches should be yelling to you, not at yes, you. Yes, not at you. Absolutely. And I was just about to say there's there's times that coaches should be using a different way of, of constructive criticism rather than yelling at you. And and I know a lot of a lot of my friends, a lot of my teammates, everyone works in different ways, right? There's kids where if you yell at them, then maybe they're going to perform well. But there's other kids that if you yell at, they're going to shell up and they're going to lose confidence, right? And, and of course, I don't mind getting yelled at. It's a part of the game and, and all that kind of stuff. But once it happens competitively over and over and over again, that's when you start to lose confidence. And I know there's a bunch of other kids out there that, that you know, lose confidence after something happens or, or they get yelled at, you know, or, or something like that, but it, it kind of just depends on the kid. And, and one of the main things that that coaches need to understand is is every kid works differently, and you kind of have to figure out what works and what doesn't work with that specific kid. Were you able to? When did the conversations with your your coaches start? When when you started to experience, you know the uh, you know the the confidence issues and the things that you were going through. Did the coaches recognize that? Did they did they talk to you first, or you know? I know you said you were talking to your mom, which is awesome, which is great, and this is another reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you because you know, as parents, you know, we're the ones that are are dealing with it firsthand. You know, we're we're Absolutely. the you know we're yes. we're the first level, but but we're, what were the coaches' role in in this? Who you know when when did they start communicating to you and understanding? There was more to this than, you know, you're just a little bit tired. You didn't eat enough Mm -hmm. today, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the main things with, with high schoolers is that we do a great job of hiding our problems. I think that a lot of people don't talk about their problems, don't talk about their issues because they don't feel like it's a big deal. And I remember going through summer workouts, going through, you know, those first couple of camp days of football. I was hiding it and I wasn't, I I wasn't proud of it, but I felt like it caused less problems and it wasn't as big of a deal until I realized that I, I needed coach Thompson to know because of the fact that I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it through two days. And and so I remember right before the first two days started that night before that Sunday night before I texted coach Thompson, I was like, Hey coach, you know, I was like, can I come talk to you tomorrow morning about, about my mental health issues? And he's like, yes, absolutely. So I went to coach Thompson first and I talked to him and, and, and coach Thompson was extremely supportive. You know, he didn't know at first, you know, throughout my, throughout my freshman and the beginning of my sophomore year. But once I talked to him about it, once I told him about what I was going through, you know, I told him, I, t- I told some of the other coaches and they were really supportive. Of course, they still have to coach, right? That's a part of the game. They're going to get on you. They're going to yell at you. They're going to, they're going to tell you what you did wrong. They're going to, they're going to tell you what you did right. They're going to do all this kind of stuff because at the end of the day, they're coaches. But Coach Thompson did a really, really awesome job of, of, of helping me through it and kind of, 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 you know, taking it slow with me and, and realizing what works and what doesn't work. And so I had to go up to Coach Thompson. Um, I also had to go up to, to Coach Marcini, who was our, our basketball coach. And Coach Marcini kind of, kind of told me the same thing. 
you know, he was like, you know, whatever you need, you know, both, uh, even, even coach, coach Sissiani, coach Skiz, our baseball coach, all three, you know, I, I went up to them and I think one of the most important things is like, don't be scared to go to talk to somebody. Do not be scared to go talk to a coach, to go talk to a friend. Um, I think it's extremely important to, if you have an issue, do not be afraid to speak out on it. And at first I felt ashamed, you know, talking to coach Thompson about my, about my issues and all this type of stuff. But once I realized that, you know, I wasn't the only one going through it and that it was okay for me to talk to him and, and talk to coach Marcini and talk to coach Skiz, Um, it was, it was really helpful. And, uh, you know, I went up to all of them and they were extremely understanding. You know, there were days during basketball where I texted coach Marcini like, Hey coach, like kind of a rough one today, you know, just wanted to kind of let you know that, you know, if I'm down at practice or it seems like I'm off, you know, just having a rough day. I remember getting text back. He's like, no, trust me, all good, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I totally get it. We'll, we're going to get through this today. And I remember going to practice, you know, and Coach Marcini laughing with me and, 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 and helping me through a Coach Thompson, you know, days where I kind of, you know, felt down. I was talking about the Browns. He's a Steelers fan. You know, I was talking about football and all this kind of stuff. Coach Skiz talking about, you know, I would always, always talking about baseball. He's a Pirates fan, you know, Pittsburgh fan. So I was talking about the Indians and all this kind of stuff, kind of just talk about life. And so although I, I did have to go up to them first, all three of them, have been extremely, extremely important to me, and uh, uh, they've done a wonderful job. And even Coach North, who is my summer ball coach um, for the past two years, I, I remember I uh, I went up to him as well, just kind of talked to him about, you know, I remember I, I was I was kind of I was tired of the practice, and he kind of asked what was up. I kind of just told him about you know my my struggles, and, and he he did an awesome job. And so I just, of course I went up to the coaches first, but they, they were, they were extremely supportive and they did a, they did a fantastic job with helping me. Well, I think the critical part in all of this, Colin, is when you approach your coaches like that, like you did, you, you know, you, you muster the strength to go up and, and talk to the coach. I mean, this, this can go one way or the other. It can go North or South very quickly. And, and that's why, you know, I, I think it's so critical for coaches to understand and really listen. And if you make that promise of, listen, we're going to help you through this, we're, we're, we're going to work with you, you know, you got to deliver on that promise. Absolutely. I've heard a lot of a lot of stories from a lot of different people. You know, I'm blessed to be in the situation that I'm in today with the coaches that I'm surrounding myself by. But I've heard a lot of stories of, of kids trying to do the same thing and their coach is kind of just pushing it off like it was nothing. And I think that I think that's awful. You know, I think that coaches at the end of the day are people. And I think coaches, you know, they in in some way, you know, if you have the same coach for four years, you start to look at him as 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 more than a coach. You kind of look at him, you know, as a friend and, and, and something along those lines. And if that coach shrugs it off or if that coach says something that he's going to do something and and end up doesn't delivering that promise or doesn't do it it it, it sucks and, and i've I had a lot of people tell me stories about you know them trying to tell their coach or them trying to tell their parents or them trying to tell their friends and and coaches especially and the coaches kind of just push it off and i think that's something that has to change i think that coaches need to need to uh you know at the end of the day they're coaching a sport but you know raising kids and and developing de- developing them into young to young men and young women is more important than the game itself. Well, and that's the thing. So you spend so much time with your coaches. You 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 trust them, right? You know, to to help you. And you know, a- as you know, the name of the podcast is Courtside Culture, and it's all about building that that pot. You know, that that team culture. You know, and and we talk a lot about positive psychology. You know, on the podcast, but but. That team culture, they're, they're, it's out the window. If if you've Absolutely. got a player who goes to goes to the coach and 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 says, "Coach, I'm dealing with this," and coach tells tells you something point blank, and then the next week or so goes along, and all of a sudden, okay, you're not in the starting lineup. Now all of a sudden, maybe you're you're not going to, and then a game comes, and now and not you know you're not playing, you know, like and it just it just starts adding to it, and yes. then I think it spreads across the team because I know how you guys are. You guys talk, you guys text, Absolutely. you guys, you know, and so if one is feeling it, I think everybody else starts feeling it and, you know, and it all plays into that team culture. I mean, and, and it sounds like you agree with that. Absolutely. It's a domino effect. Um, like you said, a lot of people, a lot of like, you know, kids talk, you know, teammates talk like teammates because more of the fact they're friends. And if, if you go and talk to your coach about something and, 
and they say something that, that to you is messed up, you're going to go talk to them about it. And most likely, if you think it's messed up, then they're going to agree. And it kind of gets throughout the team and, and you guys talk and you're like, hey, like, that's kind of messed up. And then at practice, you know, it you're, you guys aren't practicing hard. You guys kind of look at the coach in a different light. You guys are like, man, like, what are we really doing here? You know, and it's, it's a domino effect. And I think team culture is, is one of the most important things. You know, I think surrounding yourself with a great group of guys, with a great group of teammates leads to success. You have to, you have to surround yourself with, uh, with, with successful people in order to succeed. And I was able to, to, you know, with coaches, with my teammates, with, you know, friends, I was able to surround myself throughout my, throughout my entire career. And I was able to use those people to lean on and create a culture that was successful and that people were glad to be a part of. Well, and that's the thing, you know, and the other thing we talk about is just how, you know, sports and I, and I tell, you know, I tell your cousin all the time. I mean, it's 90% mental, you know? And, and one, you know, one other thing that, that you brought up that, that I think is, is interesting because, you know, I remember back when I played and I remember one time my mom saying to me, like, I can't believe you guys can play in front of all those people. And I, and I, and I was like, what people, like, what do you like? I, I never even equated the two, like the crowd to, to having to be like out in front of people and performing for people that, you know, that I never, you know, I never really got wrapped up into that, you know, and now fast forward to now where, you know, well, you know, your, your, your cousin Tobin, who is a, who is a theater kid who gets up on a stage in front of people and, and, you know, and sings and dances and remembers lines and acts and does all these things. You know, one day the basketball baseball player, his brother, you know, he's, he's, he's more a lot like, you know, he's like, I can never get up and I can never get up in front of people and do that. And I looked at him, I said, you do do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, you, you way, get though. up. And, but again, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's the mental part of that, right? That, that changes it for each kid. You've got one, you know, you've got guys like you who, who can go out in front of people in a gym and, and knock down a, a jumper, you know, where Tobin wouldn't do that. He couldn't do that, you know, if, if his life depended on it. But, you know, then you've got, you know, a, a kid who's got the same blood in him who, who would never get up on a stage. And so, again, that's why, like, that's why I love talking about this stuff. And this is why I want to do this podcast, just because the mental end of this is just so critical, especially for kids your age. You know, you talked about it, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. You know, there, it, it is critical for, for the coaches and the adults around the kids to, to be able to recognize these things and then have, you know, some sort of plan of attack when, when the, the kid, the player, when the player needs it. And it sounds like you had that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, like you said, with it being 90% mental and, ten, and, and that's, that's true. You know, of course you're, you have to lift weights, you have to get big, but in order to be able to do that, you have to, you have to motivate yourself. You have to find motivation that comes from within. And so I think if you're, if you're mentally successful and you're, you're positive, you're looking at the, the, the positive outcome of things and you're staying up and you're doing whatever you can, it's only going to lead to success. You know, you have to look at a half glass full rather than half, half glass empty. In sports, sports, it, it's like a roller coaster. You know, one day you can come out, you can perform extremely well. Then, then the next day you lay a goose egg. And it's about finding that fine line of being confident rather than cocky and being down on yourself and working with it and finding a way than rather being depressed and losing it. And, and, and I made that mistake my sophomore year of maybe playing a bad game and then being completely down on myself for, for, for a, a long time. And then that just creating more problems rather than my junior year, my senior year, maybe not playing as well as I thought I could shaking it off and, and having that mentality for, for next play and next game mentality. But how, how important is it, though, to know that coach has your back? Because, you know, oh. we, we talk about positive psychology a lot on here, and then we're, we talk about, you know, focus on the strengths, build up your players' strengths, find them all a role, right? Give every, you know, like get everybody engaged. But if you, if you, I'm, I'm guessing if you don't, if you don't feel like coach has your back, then you have nothing at all. Absolutely. You, it, confidence. It comes back to confidence. If you have confidence in yourself and the coach has confidence in you, that that's that's all you need. However, if you don't have if the coach doesn't have confidence in you and then you don't have confidence in yourself, it's a downward spiral. A coach having confidence in you is one of the most important things high school sports has to offer. Maybe there's times where you don't feel confident in yourself 
But then your coach comes over, gives you a nice little tap on the butt. He's like, hey, next shot. You know, hey, you got this. Hey, you're playing well. Hey, head up. And those little things play a, a huge role. You know, you know, just having a conversation with your coach. You know, him giving you words of encouragement. Him, you know, telling you you did a good job at this. Him telling you certain things. Having confidence in your players and, and, and having confidence with your coach and trusting your coach is one of the most important relationships that you have to build within your high school career. Well, and now you're going to take all that you have learned from this experience and, and you want to help others. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so my main goal out of all of this is to raise awareness for other high school athletes. I know that in even in the state of Ohio that there's thousands of kids that are going through something like me. It may not be as severe, right? It may it may be even worse than mine, but they're too scared to talk about it. And I think that's bullcrap. I think that no matter what your problem is, if you're dealing with a little bit of anxiety, some sort of depression, some sort of OCD, OCD, if you're a little bit bipolar, it needs to be talked about. I think with the strides that we're making in today's world with mental health and and, and professional athletes, people like Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, um, MLB athletes, you know, NFL, I think it's important that we raise awareness on the high school level as well because of the fact that we're still athletes, you know, we're, we have school, we have so many other different things that we struggle with and it's important to, to realize that, you know, regular high school kids like me and, and other people can go through it and and when you look at me, you know, when people look at me, you're like, oh, a three-sport athlete, he's going to play college baseball, he has a great friend group, you wouldn't think that I struggle with mental health issues and honestly, I struggled and I still struggle to this day, you know, severely. And I think one of the, the most important things is is realizing that it's okay to ask for help and realizing that at the end of the day, being strong, it's 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 you're stronger asking for help than keeping it in because we rather hear your story than what other people have to say, even at your funeral or or something along those lines. So I, I've done my best of, of trying to, you know, within the high school, you know, raise awareness. A lot of people come to me and I love it just because of the fact that I've gone through a lot and I want to help people. And, and you know, I live by the saying that everything ha- happens for a reason and that, you know, dark times don't last. Tough people do. So if you can get through that moment, you can get through that dark time. It's only going to make you a stronger person. It's only going to make you stronger. And I actually have a tattoo I got on my chest. It's a lotus flower. Um, and it represents that people that are in their darkest times that are going through the worst moments, those people end up becoming the strongest and most successful. So what, adv- like, what advice do you give fellow student athletes or just you know your your friends your you know the, your kids at kids at school that come up to you like is there any there really isn't a wrong person to open up to right but it, you know is there you know do do you rec, what 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 are the sort of the things you recommend to them so one of the first things that i that i recommend is is to find somebody you trust and to just rant just let it out because at the end of the day we're all human everyone's going to make mistakes and you need a person to go to that you can just let stuff out on, right? And and those, you know, through dark times, through your dark times, you're going to realize who your true friends are. And so my first piece of advice to people is to find somebody to talk to. And I know that you may be scared. I know that that it may be tough. But even if it's, even if it's your parents, you know, even if it's, you know, your mom, your dad, maybe your brother, maybe your sister, uh, you know, maybe you even, you know, talk to your pet, you know, you talk to your dog, you kind of just let out, you know, find somebody to talk to. Um, I know it's not easy. And I know there's a lot of people that are scared to talk. But once you start talking, and you start letting things out, it kind of puts in that person's mind, like, hey, like, maybe this, like, she or he needs some help. And so, you know, that's my best piece of advice is to talk to somebody. And secondly, one of the things that I discovered recently within the past year is find your your safe place, your comfort spot. You know, for me, it's my shower. You know, I I, I take showers a lot just because of the fact of, of sports and school and all that kind of stuff. But it's my safe place. You know, a lot of people safe places are their rooms. It could be their car. It could be it could be anywhere that makes them feel comfortable. If you're having a rough day, or if you have a trigger for your anxiety, or if you're you're feeling down and sad, go to your safe place. Right. Grab a snack, grab a drink, 
and, and, and go to your safe place and kind of just relax, you know, because at the end of the day, that moment that's going on in your head, that's not going to last forever, right? You're going to get through that. You're going to be able to find a way through it. You're going to fight through it and you're going to come out on top and it's only going to make you stronger. Do you feel now that you that you are way more in control of this than you were when it all started? Absolutely. Yes. I, I feel as if I, of course, there's there's times where I'm not in control and there's times where it gets the best of me, but I've gone through so much that every single time, maybe something a little bit different happens. I kind of know how to handle it. I kind of know what works and what doesn't work. And of course, there's new moments. You know, there's there's been a lot of new moments within this past year because of COVID and some other things where I didn't really know how to act or how to handle it. But once it happens, you know, that first time something new happens, it's always the worst because you don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to react. And so, but once it starts happening over and over again, you kind of know how to judge it and kind of what to do. You know, there's, there's a lot of different things, you know, with me having to quarantine the first time, I didn't really know how to act or what to do and all that kind of stuff. But my fourth king, fourth time quarantining, I had a schedule planned. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I had to do and I knew what helped and what didn't help. So creating a schedule is extremely important. I think I, I've, I've done, you know, a great job of, of when something does happen or when I do struggle, finding a way to deal with it and take control of it rather than letting it take control of me. And what's great is now you want to take what you've learned and take it to college with you. You've already started talking to the coaches at Capitol. Is that right? Yeah, I have. So um, first, Jonah Rosenblum, who is a Portage County uh, sports writer. Um, absolutely love Jonah. He does a great job covering Portage County sports. Him and I, back my sophomore year, when I first took that first break from football, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, Jonah. Um, you know, I know we've talked a little bit in the past, but I was wondering if you wanted to do a mental health article, um, kind of to raise awareness for, for high school athletes. And he said that he would love to, and something that, you know, he struggled with and he would, he would love to raise awareness for. And finally, we were to finally talk junior that, that quarantine. I remember it was like April 15th or April 16th. And we were to finally get on the phone and talk about it. So him and I have an article coming out, you know, this spring about, about mental health and the issues that with it. And Coach Sturgill, who is the coach that recruited me down at Capitol, we kind of talked about mental health stuff and how I struggle and stuff like that. And one of my goals when I get down to colleges is if there isn't already to create more of a, of a focus group of mental health, you know, whether, you know, once a week, you know, uh, kids, athletes, kids that just go to the college, even professors, anybody that wants to come in and be a part of the focus group where people can talk about their problems, people can help other people, and people can just sit down and feel like they have people to talk to. Um, I think that's that's one of my goals is once I get down to capital is, is to do a focus group and, and to raise more, more mental health awareness. How about if somebody hears the podcast and maybe they want to reach out to you? What would be a way for, for a student athlete or even a parent maybe, you know, who wants you? you to talk to their son or daughter about some of the things that they're going through. Is there a way they can get a hold of you to, to reach out to you? Yes. So I, I, I have, you know, I have social media. I have multiple social media accounts. Um, it's, it's, it's Colin Bolden. You know, my Instagram is, is Colin Bolden. Um, my Twitter is Colin Bolden. You're more than welcome to DM me. I always check them. You're more than welcome to reach out. Um, my phone number, I'll even get like, my phone number is 330-554-9627. If you just want to send out a text like, Hey, my name is not that I heard about the podcast. I would love to talk to you. Or I would have my son or daughter talk to you. I would be more than happy to talk to them and, 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 and kind of help them. Well, I think it's great. And it's, it's Colin Bolden, C-O-L. I-N, and then it's B-O-L-D-I-N, Colin Bolden. And uh, I'm telling you, kid, like, it, it's it's just so great to see, you know, the, the way you were able to get control of this. But the, 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 the key message here is, you know, the people you had around you, especially your coaches, were the mm-hmm. ones that helped you got to get you here. Absolutely. And, and then one last thing is, is anybody that's going through a tough time right now, Anyone that's kind of feels like that you don't belong here or there or that tough time isn't going to last. It's that's not true. Um, I'm here to tell you, I've gone through so much my high school career, more than than a lot of people have. And I can tell you that at the end of the day, you're going to make it through. And I know it may not seem like it maybe right now. You know, you may be listening to this and you realize that, you know, maybe that you aren't going to make it through. 
but you are. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to fight through it, right? There's no way you can't cheat. You can't cheat your way, right? And I thought that I could, right? But you have to, every rep, you have to go through everything. You have to feel everything. You have to figure stuff out. And it's not going to be easy, right? It's not supposed to be easy. Mental health is something that a lot of people struggle with. And it's not, it's not an easy thing to deal with. You know, you can't cheat your way to the top, you know, and cheating is, 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 you know, it's, it's for losers, you know? And if you cheat at the end of the day, you're not gaining anything out of it. You have to go through it. You have to fight through it. And trust me, if I can make through it, then you can too. Well, and, and this is not limited to sports, right? I mean, this is, this is anybody, right? Anybody who's out there, whether you're struggling because, you know, you're, you're feeling a pressure because of grades, or maybe you are a theater kid and you're going through some things or, you know, or, or whatever it is you do, if you're struggling with it, right? They've, you've got to reach out and talk to somebody. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you're only as strong as as your friends. You're only as strong as, 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 as other people you talk to. Yeah, you can hold everything in, but there's a certain amount of things that, that once everything starts added up, you got to talk to somebody. And I think that's one of the most important things in today's world is, is there's a lot of people that, that are able to be talked to. You know, there's a lot of friends that that you can reach out to. And and if you feel like you don't, well, that's not true because I thought the same exact thing, that I would be a burden, that I'd just be a problem. But once I started reaching out to my friends, they were extremely supportive. And to this day, you know, Donnie, Tyler, Chris, you know, uh, another kid named Alex who goes in, who goes to Norton, who is my best friend I played summer ball with. There's a lot of different people that I that I talk to now and that they kind of go through stuff as well. And we both talk about it and we both help each other. And at the end of the day, you know, it, it's, it's all about helping one another. Yeah. Those healthy conversations, man, you can, you can Absolutely. never go wrong with one of those healthy conversations. Hey now, and I'm going to tell you, so typically I know you said one last thing, but usually on the, this podcast, I think, you know, what we typically do at the, at the end of the podcast, we do first things last. Okay. And I just want you to know, you're going to be the youngest participant we've had so far. So this ought to be interesting. Yeah. I'm going to give you a list of firsts, okay? And okay. I am very interested to hear, although I, I think I know most of these. I'm very interested to hear your list of firsts, Colin Bolin. Here comes first things last on the Courtside okay. Culture Podcast. Your first job. First job. I worked at Giant Eagle my junior year. I worked as a cashier. How'd that work out for you? Oh man, it was it was it was rough. I remember I had to work during the pandemic. I remember going in that first day, I was like, where's all the toilet paper? Where are all the eggs? Where's the bread, <laughs> peanut butter, jelly? I was like, people are coming through the lines asking me when we're gonna get our next shipment. I was like, dude, our last shipment came in yesterday. Like I don't I don't know what to tell you. So that was that was crazy. Well, see yeah. If you, yeah, if you can handle that, then you can you can handle yeah. pretty much any job after that. So, all right, hey, so this is should, this should be an easy one because I think you're still driving it, the first car. Yeah, 2015 Nissan Sentra, baby, love that thing. You got good Gives speakers. Me point A to point B. Yep, yeah. listen oh. to a little bit of music and throw on some podcasts every now and then. Love that thing. All right, speaking of music, what is the first? Well, I'll go CD. Although it's probably you probably downloaded something, you know, with you with you guys. Though, can you remember the first first album or or even song that you downloaded or CD that you got? Oh man, the first one that I can remember would have to be probably the High School Musical soundtrack when I was like when I was young, probably when I was seven or like I, I don't remember like I remember, I remember those listening days. to music music off my mom and dad's phone. But when I got, when I first got my iPod and all that stuff, I remember I, I was in love with high school musical. I downloaded the soundtracks and would just jam out the high school musical. Well, your mom's phone's probably loaded with Barry Manilow, right? Yeah. Barry Manilow. My dad is with, of course, you know, Matchbox 20, all that kind of stuff. So of course I listened to that. Of course, you know, like nineties music with my dad being a DJ and, and all that kind of stuff before he was a police officer. He's got his fair share of 90s and 80s and stuff like that. Playing rock band as a kid on the Wii, of course, having a bunch of songs. But I think I, I think it was the I think it was the high school musical soundtrack that I first was able to get downloaded. Well, that you know, your mom and I are big fanalos. We we are fanalos. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. Okay, now I and and I don't know if I know the answer to this, but you know, what first concert? Have you been to a concert? I went oh man, this is embarrassing. I went to one concert my entire life. And it was a big time rush concert when I was in fourth grade. 
But you're, I mean, you're, you know, you don't know any better uh, in yeah, fourth grade. Yeah. I mean, you I know. Was, I, I still love Big Time Rush to this day, but that was the first concert. I, I want to go to a couple more concerts. Like, I know The weekend's coming. Uh, Harry Styles is coming. Um, so there's a couple more concerts I want to go to. But yeah, I went to one concert. And it was Big Time Rush when I was little. All right, do you remember the first movie you saw in a theater? Oh, man. First movie I saw in a theater. Or that you couldn't remember. Like, remember? Because... I think back, and I don't know if it was the first movie that I saw, but I remember, I, I remember, I, you know, being in a theater. My dad took us to see this scary movie. He was not thinking. <laughs> mm, oh yeah, oh man, my first movie. I, I think it. The last one, like the first one that I remember was 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 Twilight. That's crazy. Mom. Wow. Yes, I was like ten or eleven, and I remember going to the theater and watching. Watching that was watching Twilight. I remember the last one that I went to was Avengers Endgame. I remember going to oh. watch that with my family. But the first one was was Twilight. I, I I remember going with my mom and I was like, I've I have no idea what to expect. It was sold out. It was the first weekend that it came out in theater. And I was like, damn, I didn't know people loved vampires this much. <laughs> now I think I know the answer. Here's the last one. I think I know the okay. answer. To this the first app you check when you get up in the morning. What's the first app you're looking Twitter. at? Twitter. Yeah. Twitter 1000%. Uh, Twitter, I think, is the funniest and the best social media app. I, of course, I, I have Snapchat. I have Instagram. I have I have all those other ones, but I don't check them as much as Twitter. I, I can scroll through Twitter all day. Well, see, and Colin, this is this is this is why I'm so glad you know we had you on to share your story because, I mean, you are just a typical kid, right? But you just you you know you you had a rough patch, you know, and and I'm so glad that that you are so mature and you're able to to look back on it now and you know and to take it and and use it now as a learning experience for all of the other student athletes or just students you know all the other kids that are out there who may be going through the same thing i can't thank you enough for coming on no thank you i this was an amazing opportunity um you know i remember we talked about this whenever you first did the first episode and and just wanted to come on and raise awareness and 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 do something that 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 can only help people. So thank you. This was this was awesome. I love so, it. So remember, folks, and we'll put we'll get Colin's uh, information, you know, in the description of the podcast and app. But uh, reach out to Colin if uh, if you just you need somebody to talk to, even if you're a parent and uh, and you want to reach out to Colin and uh, and share your story. Go ahead. Thanks, Colin, for for joining us. And remember, if you know a great coach who's out there doing great things, winning games, building a great team culture at the same time, we want to hear about them. Or if they've got stories like Colin, things they, they've overcome, we will ask you to be a guest on the podcast so you can share your story and we can all learn from you. You can reach out to the show on Twitter at CourtsidePod1, on Facebook and Instagram at CourtsideCulture1 podcast on both facebook and instagram courtside culture podcast or email the show at courtside culture podcast at gmail and remember build up the good in your players instead of focusing on repairing the bad find them all a role and take them from good to great we'll see you next time thank you for joining us on the courtside culture podcast and remember build the good in your players instead of Focusing on repairing the bad. Find your players a role, each and every one of them, and take them from good to great. We'll see you next time.